Hey there, I'm Dr. Amy King, otherwise known as Dr. Amy, and this podcast is the most important medicine. If you're a professional who wants to have a greater impact in the lives of children and families by building resilience, this podcast is for you. Join us to become a trauma-informed champion by nurturing connections through relational health to help kids and families thrive. Every time you join me, you'll hear practical information and leave with tangible tools you can use every day. Well, hey friends, what a whirlwind the last few weeks have been with the rebranding of the podcast. I wanted to share a couple of stories with you, one of gratitude and one of inspiration. Last week when I was hosting a learning collaborative previously called the Provider Lounge, a learning collaborative for healthcare professionals dedicated to trauma-informed care and building resilience, a clinician chimed in and asked about the direction the work on the podcast was heading. He said, you know, I finally had a chance to listen to your podcast and it's incredible. It's really influencing how I practice medicine, but I work with mostly adults. And you said that now you're going to focus on pediatrics and education and other intersections of professionals who work in the lives of kids and families. And I could feel his confusion and what seemed like almost hurt or disappointment. So I reframed and I said, you know, Adult medicine is just a reflection of pediatric medicine and pediatric health, early relational health, and early adversity. The research shows that the more early adversity a child experiences without buffering mechanisms like stable, nurturing relationships with adults, the poorer their health is as an adult. And you could see him kind of smile and a light bulb went off and he said, all right, I guess I'll keep listening. And another physician A family practice physician shared with me that now that she understands stress and trauma and how our body holds trauma, that it almost feels unethical for her to continue to practice in the way she was before knowing about trauma and long-term health. I get it. This work really does transform how we look at people's health. And then this week, I wanted to share something really magical that happened because today's podcast is really about continuing to be those connected champions in the lives of people. So I was at a training about 90 minutes from my hometown, working with an incredible group of early educators, everyone from the executive director to facilities managers, to human resources, to Head Start and early Head Start teachers and bus drivers and cooks and you name it, the whole group was there. Their entire organization was there to learn about wellness and ways to build resilience and create a path moving forward. And as we discussed overwhelm and what professionals who work with kids have been through as of late, this particular participant broke down. She shared with her team that she was feeling lonely and isolated and needed help, desperately needed help. The entire team wrapped around her and they made sure that she felt connected and safe and less isolated, um, supported loved and they worked with her to find some resources that she could immediately use to deal with the crisis and feel less alone. Man, I got to tell you, if I did nothing else that day but help this woman find some words to ask for the help that she needed and be in a space where she felt more connected to her colleagues, that was the most important thing I could have done that day. And that's what this work is all about. That's why we, we refer to it as the most important medicine. It's really about connection. So as I mentioned last week, when I called all of you in to be connected champions for children, I'm calling you again. And this week, I want to talk about how we create circles of support. 
and how powerful you are as an adult in the lives of other people and children and in families. So let me tell you a little bit about the circle of support. Some of you already know about this, use it every day in your practice, in your classrooms, in the therapy room, wherever you might be. But for those of you that aren't familiar, just pause and take note. And if you have a piece of paper and a pen, you're gonna to wanna to like draw this or write this down or come back to it. So the circle of support was created during my dissertation work over 20 years ago. And it was modeled after a really beautiful format called the circle of friends, which was meant to be used for kids with disabilities because probably no surprise, they often are lacking friends as they're typically developing peers and families often feel alone and isolated. And so I expanded this to be called the circle of support because really what we needed to do was broaden the circles of support for these families that were supporting their kids with really significant disabilities, medical complications, you name it. And so I've used the circle of support now with hundreds of adults, children, and families since then. It's one of the most um, foundational cornerstones of my training because for me, it really focuses on connection and community. And if there's one thing I want all of you listening to right now to know is that connection is the number one predictor for your long-term health. There is so much research about the importance of your health and your relational health. So let's dive in. Like I said, if you have a piece of paper and a pen, you could draw this, otherwise come back to it or just imagine it as you're driving. So draw these three concentric circles or imagine these three circles, kind of like a bullseye or a target, okay? So in the middle circle, what I refer to as the primary circle, this is where you're gonna put your no matter what people. So I would really encourage you to start with yourself. Do the circle of support for yourself first. It's super insightful, or you could do it for a family you're thinking about, or a child you work with, or you could do it for your own kid or your partner. But in that primary circle, I want you to write down who are my people, who are my no matter what people, the people that would be there for you day or night, two o'clock in the morning, you can call them, you can tell them, I'm worried about uh, my marriage, my mom is sick, um, I feel horrible about myself, I am suicidal, I'm depressed, um, I can't manage my marriage anymore, I, my kids are driving me bananas, whatever the case may be, these are the people in your primary circle, in your no matter what circle, who you can call day or night and talk to them and they will be there for you. They will support you. They will love you unconditionally. I want you to just jot those people down, those primary circle people. And then as we move out to that second ring or that second layer of circles, what, what we would formally call your secondary circle, I'm going to call this your backup team, okay? These are your backup friends, maybe your sister who you're super close to isn't available or your BFF's not available. So you call your friend that you have coffee with a couple times a week and you reach out to him or her, or maybe it's a close colleague at work, or maybe it's a pastor, or maybe it's uh, somebody else in an organization that you belong to. Um, whoever that is, I want you to write down on the second ring, the secondary circle, who, who are my backup people? You probably wouldn't call these people in the middle of the night, right? You probably call them at like, you know, nine in the morning when it feels okay and people have had a cup of coffee, but they're, they're like your backup team. They're still incredible people and they're wonderful and they're supportive of you. Um, and then on the third circle, on the out, outer layer of this ring, I want you to write down your systems of support or other people that are maybe paid to be in your life. So it could be, again, like a religious leader, it could be your physician, it could be your therapist. It might be an organization like your place of work or um, your place of worship or a favorite place to go. It might be a card club or a wine club or 
um, you know, a dinner club that you belong to. It might be your child's school or another organization that you belong to. It could be a cultural organization or a neighborhood um, community center. It could be the gym that you belong to. But that outside circle are usually systems of support for you or people that are paid to be in your life or groups with whom you belong. And so think about this now. Most people have one to three people on their primary circle. And then in their secondary circle, maybe five, maybe seven. And then the, the, the outermost circle, there might be many systems of support or people that are paid to be in their life. Well, what I'm always watching for as a connected champion for children and for families is what happens if that primary circle is either empty or the people in it are hurtful or harmful in some way. Maybe there's addiction that's present. Maybe there's domestic violence that's present. Or maybe it's just a, what we call an empty circle. I really worry in those instances because what I'm saying is that relational health is the long-term predictor for your physical health. And so it now becomes critically important to make sure that people have folks that are in their primary circle, people who are there no matter what people, because as much as we want to as professionals be those people in our clients or patients or students' lives, we can't be, we're not always there. And so we do what's called um, this secondary circle push. We wanna invite people from the secondary circle into the primary circle. And believe me, I know there are a lot of barriers to inviting people in. Even those of you that might be thinking about this right now and like, there's no way I am inviting someone from that secondary circle in. I do not want them to know that like, I don't have my crap together or I don't wanna burden someone or maybe you just have trust issues or worry or your own trauma history or you don't want people to know you're stressed or overwhelmed, whatever it is, these are the barriers that I've heard over and over and over again from kids, from adults, from other professionals that I work with. And what I want to underscore here is the importance of inviting people in. Even if that means I have to create a script with them or send a text or reach out to someone, asking who are your primary people and who are the people you're going to lean on when your primary people either aren't there or the circle is empty, or the people in your primary circle are for some reason unhealthy or unsupportive for you. It is critically important to identify these people because this relational health determines your overall health. Connection is important. Um, and here's the other thing I want all of you to know that are working in the lives of, of kids and families in any capacity. I'm gonna guess that if I surveyed a group of people you know, who you love, who you work with, who you serve, you're on their circle somewhere. For many people, you're their primary circle and you likely know who those people are. Maybe it's your partner, your spouse, your best friend, your parents, sister, but for so many friends, adults, children and families, if you're a healthcare professional, an educator, a physician, a parent educator, then you're on the circle, often the secondary or third circle. You are in a unique trusted position and you have the power to be that one adult in a person's life who may ultimately make all the difference. And so I want you to recognize that you're on those secondary supports for people. And I want you to help families and kids that you work with and adults that you work with identify their people and invite more people into the primary circle, even when it feels hard. And here's what I wanna tell you. I've been doing the circle of support for over 20 years. When I can get someone to be in a vulnerable space and invite someone else in, 
invite someone in to see their vulnerability or their fear or their overwhelm or ask for help or support in whatever capacity that might be. I have yet to see someone who's on the secondary circle say no. Most people want to be helpers. Most people want to show up for other people, just like all of you who are listening. So let me tell you a story about a group I was working with. I was training at um, a middle school and we were training all staff, not just teachers, but janitors and cooks and librarians and administrators and every, everybody. And um, a janitor came up to me a week or so after the training. He said, Dr. Amy, like, I didn't really know what trauma-informed care was and I didn't know language and I didn't know how to look beyond the behavior. And I certainly didn't know about circles of support. And he said, but I think I might be on a lot of kids' circles because I see them in the halls, these kids who are kind of lonely or wandering around or, you know, often like they're getting in trouble for not being in class um, during the middle of a class time or, you know, if it's not during passing periods. And he said, you know, the way that I think about kids now that I think about trauma-informed care and working with them is that I could be on their secondary or third circle of support. And he told me about a story and a young woman who was in the bathroom, again, in between or during classes rather. And when she came out of the bathroom, he just said, you know, we'll call her Samantha. No, Samantha, I just noticed that you're in the bathroom a lot during class and I'm not judging you and you're not in trouble. And she kind of looked at him, right? With fear and skepticism. And he said, you're not in trouble with me. I just wonder if there's something else going on. And she had seen this janitor around the school and he had smiling, friendly, really caring guy. And she burst into tears and she lifted her sleeves and she showed him where she had been cutting on her arms. And he said, you know, do you mind if I walk you down to the counselor's office? And she was really scared and she didn't want people to know and she didn't want to be in trouble. But he had created a space in this school with so many middle schoolers because he connected with kids all the time in a really positive way, saying hi, asking them about their friends, asking them about what, what sporting event they were headed to after school or extracurricular activity or making sure they got on the right bus or giving them a tough time if they spilled things in the hallway. He really had been on these kids' circles of support. And so I just wanna underscore that it just takes one safe, stable, nurturing adult in the life of a child to completely change their trajectory. Who knows where this young woman would have ended up or how lonely she must have been feeling before one person said, I see you. I mean, think about the adults who are in your life. In fact, if we look at early adversity, when there's just one adult who shows love, talks about feelings, provides unconditional regard, it can mitigate the effect of trauma. And what do I mean by that? I mean, it literally creates new neural pathways for that person for healing and recovery. In fact, people that have positive connections in their lives are less likely to have mental health issues and other chronic health conditions. It's that important. So I want you to start asking about circles of support for kids and families early on. And I want you to be telling other professionals that you work with that they're probably somebody else's secondary circle of support or system of support because you never know how asking might make a difference. Like that woman I was talking about earlier in the training this week. She finally had words like this young woman that the janitor saw in the bathroom. It matters. You matter as a connected champion in a child's life. So 
you might be wondering, like, why am I sharing these stories of inspiration? And it's because I think in the daily implementation of your job, whether it's a medical practice or a classroom or home visit, that wherever you do your work, sometimes we can forget the powerful impact that we have. And when we share stories of what's going well and right, we foster connection. You know, when I hear pediatricians that tell me that parents are beginning to trust them and asking for help because they're asking them about adversity, or when I hear teachers report that looking at a child's bid for attention is really a bid for connection, it transforms the life of those kids and families that they're talking to. And that's what I know we're all on a mission to do. So remember at the beginning of the podcast today when I mentioned the Learning Collaborative, formerly known as the Provider Lounge? Well, for a variety of reasons that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I really had to hone in on my audience of learners and listeners and broaden that to all professionals who are working in the lives of kids and families. So on this mission of circles of support and creating communities and being communities that connect and support and champion things for children, we're going to call the Learning Collaborative the Connected Collab. The emphasis being on connection and education and a collaborative community. And I wanna invite all of you in. We're opening more connected collabs every month and I want you to be part of one. So if you're a physician or healthcare provider or behavioral mental health provider, educator, we have a community for you. And every community is hosted by a consultant like me who's trained to collaborate and consult in these communities who are resources of support around mental health and education. And the best part is that you are there sharing your stories, your resources, and your struggles and we all need more community right now. We all desperately need connection. So I want you to head to my website, www.dramyllc.com. And I want you to join a connected collab today. It's free. You can join and just come and see what it's all about. This month, we had this incredible guest speaker in connected collab who was talking about parenting after trauma and what her experiences was like and what she wished people would have asked her and talked about. And on that note, if you haven't downloaded my free guiding principles for 10 principles that guide my work with kids and families, what are you waiting for? Oh my gosh, it's so full of incredible information. So just to review, I'm calling all of you and all of you champions, and I'm asking you that you begin to look at your village, aka your circle of support, and the village and circles of support for kids and families that you serve. And I want you to start to ask yourself curious questions about who is in their lives and broaden their circles whenever possible. It truly is the most important medicine, connection and community. So I hope to see you soon. I hope to be part of your village. I know you're part of somebody else's. Maybe I'll see you soon at a free connected collab meeting. Bye for now. Make those circles of support meaningful and I'll see you soon. Well, that's it, friends. If you like what you're hearing here, please download my free resource called 10 Guiding Principles to Nurture Connection and Help Children and Families Thrive. This is the most important medicine. Keep listening to other people's stories and let them transform you. And keep sharing yours because your humanity will heal others. Bye for now.